1: Stranger Things was already going to be a massive hit this summer, but Netflix quietly made some tweaks that almost certainly guarantees it will be the service's biggest show in history. Here's why it matters. I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. Joining me to discuss this is our resident media expert, Joan Selsman. Welcome, Joan.
0: Hi, Roger. I got to pretend to be you last week, and now I get to talk to you this week. It's very exciting. I know.
1: Very exciting. I was appreciative of that while I was out, so thank you. Uh, so, Stranger Things, is it's obviously one of Netflix's most popular shows, and it's been out less than a week, but, but do we have a sense of just how popular this latest season is?
0: So far, yeah. Netflix, in the last six months, Netflix has started publishing these um weekly charts. It provides um, a recap of the most popular titles globally and in more than 90 countries um, for the previous week. And then it also has this sort of all time most popular ranking that compares shows that were released over the course of multiple, you know, it compares how popular say stranger things four is to Bridgerton season two to squid game. Um, Just on tuesday netflix released its first data about the first three days of stranger things 4 being out and it's like predictably insanely popular it had like i think nearly i think approaching 300 million hours watched in those three days which is more than any sort of opening weekends of any series that it's ever had before
1: right right and i would count myself as as one of them I, i binged it pretty much the first day and a half probably to the detriment of my health. But right. regardless, um, that I mean, that, that's obviously a lot, but you've got a story out today that sort of looks at how uh, there have been some changes quietly made at Netflix that, that sort of ensures that this phenomenal run will continue and probably be much, much larger. So take me through what the uh, what, what, what those changes are.
0: Right. Well, Netflix launched this what they call their top 10 website where it lists these top programs over the previous week and this all-time most popular ranking. In order to calculate, because, you know, as I said, they're comparing some shows that were released right now versus shows that were released a couple months ago versus shows that released last year. To maintain that all-time most popular ranking, what they do is they set this parameter that they would measure all the viewing of a particular season of a show within the first 28 days that it's released and so of course the netflix convention is to release all episodes at once so squid game came out and within its first 28 days it just like s- skyrocketed to 1.65 billion hours watched
1: oh wow wow
0: but in the last year or so, and particularly in the last few months, Netflix has adopted this practice of doing split seasons, where it will release some episodes of a season uh, on one date. And then a little while later, will fill out with the rest of the season's episodes in a second volume of releases. And so what that does is it means that it created this sort of apples to oranges comparison for this all-time rating. You know, there would be shows that had all of their episodes out and people could binge all of them in that 28 day period. And then there'd be, there'd be shows where you would only get five episodes and then people would have to wait. And after that 28 day period was over, then a whole bunch of new episodes would come up and that, that, watch time wasn't counted. And so what Netflix did and did it without much disclosure is last month, they quietly changed the methodology of these all time most popular rankings. So that now shows that are released in these sort of split seasons, like Stranger Things is, they get 28 days for their viewership to be counted. And then when that runs out, the counting stops. But then when new episodes of the quote unquote, same season come out later, their shot clock restarts with another 28 days for those episodes. And so what's happening is, again, we're having a sort of apples to oranges comparison, because of these different release strategies. But now what's happening is Netflix basically quietly changed their rules. And that completely rejiggered the status of many of the the rankings that it's already listed. And what it Definitely does, is it virtually guarantees that by the end of the summer, Netflix is going to be proclaiming Stranger Things 4 as its biggest hit yet.
1: Right. And you've talked a lot in the story about the fact that it's Netflix basically grading its own homework, like setting its own bars and then changing those metrics kind of midway through. I'm curious what the significance is of that change and ultimately why it matters. Right. Well,
0: it is. It's Netflix having the opportunity to create its own homework, but the Difference that's going to occur is up until now, no one's really been, no one really cares about Netflix homework or how well it does. It's certainly, you know, it matters in the sense that these rankings matter in the sense that Wall Street and investors pay attention to them because they indicate the competitiveness of Netflix versus like a Disney Plus or an HBO Max. You get a sense that people are really watching less if they're not watching big shows. It also matters to, it helps Netflix recruit talent and. The main reason that they launched it to begin with is to get people to watch stuff they might not otherwise watch. They realized that if people knew something was super popular on Netflix, more people would want to watch the thing that was super popular. But what's about to change is Netflix is going to begin advertising. They want to offer people the opportunity to subscribe for Netflix at a cheaper rate if they watch it with ads. And at that point, that's when there's going to be this whole big group of people, advertisers that are really going to be paying attention to Netflix's homework. So it didn't have to, no one really cared if Netflix was grading its own homework other than, you know, Hollywood insiders that would get annoyed at how it could do things like this. It could tweak the rules and adjust the levers and knobs in order to make itself make some things look as as flattering as as possible. And that's not necessarily why Netflix changed this rule now, but that kind of, you know, changing the rules of the game midway through isn't going to fly with advertisers who are going to demand a lot more transparency and measurement, a lot more different kinds of measurement, and measurement that they can compare not only from what Netflix says is happening on its service, but how that, you know, compares with what's going on at a Disney Plus, at a Paramount Plus, and other services that um, are or are going to be offering advertising to.
1: That's a good point, because the- and we're at the risk of going too far into the weeds there. Like what, like what are, what are some of those metrics? Are there industry norms that some of these other streaming services that already have like an ad based here follow that Netflix might be forced to adopt?
0: There's definitely already an ecosystem in place that attempts to, you know, kind of cross compare engagement and viewership and other you know demographics of various services. Um, It's, it's definitely way it's, it will be shocking to no one that it's so different than how it was back before streaming TV when all we had was linear television that came to our televisions via broadcast airwaves or piped through a cable line. And the only, you know, the gold standard of, how people, how advertisers knew what was being watched was Nielsen, um, and Nielsen, of course, would get dragged over the coals about you know how it was not reliable and how accurate it actually was. But it was something that everyone agreed on. Hey, this these are the rules that we're going to play by, and at least everyone's going to play by the same rules, imperfect as they may be. But of course, now we're in this situation where we've got multiple different services that all want to tout their own ways of counting views and there's been an ecosystem that has built up around that of third-party operators third-party researchers um, intelligence companies that try to create that sort of cross-platform benchmarks for measurement so there's a lot out there and there's certainly things that are growing popular among certain advertisers so they can have that kind of cross comparison but it's definitely a messy system and it's not as simple as it used to be.
1: Okay. Okay. And is there anything we know about the that ad-based here, or is it just, you know, right now it's just sort of a vague goal that Netflix wants to launch?
0: There, right now it is very vague. The only official line that we've kind of gotten about it is Reed Hastings, almost seemingly as like an offhand comment, in their last earnings call, mentioned that the company is looking at an advertising-based tier. There has been some reporting since then. Um, The New York Times reported that Netflix is actually looking to launch it even sooner than many many people expected, maybe even by the end of this year, Um, because Netflix also... The other dynamic here is that Netflix had its first subscriber loss, basically, ever, (laughs) since, you know, in the modern era of Netflix. And so there is a perception that the company is grappling to find a way to either boost those subscribers again, or open up new revenue, like a tier that can get people that subscribe if they don't have to pay as much and also get money from ads.
1: So I mean, I guess going forward, do you think Netflix is going to get more open or transparent about this stuff? Or I mean, is it mostly directly to Directed to advertisers, or do you think this uh, we'll see a more like robust top charts or or something with uh, with the less of this programming?
0: The caveat is a lot depends on how Netflix decides to approach advertising, but. Regardless of what way it does it, you know, Netflix could build its own sales force and then do like direct advertising sales with brands and with agencies, or it could just sort of buy a company that does more programmatic advertising. And then that company's existing relationships with different agencies and brands will sort of just plug into Netflix. We don't exactly know. And a lot sort of depends on how Netflix decides to approach it, but regardless even if netflix isn't publicly more transparent about things like viewership and engagement time spent uh demographics of the people that are watching psychographics of the people watching which basically means like people that seem like they really love cake because they just watched is it cake you know <laughs>
1: is it cake? Um, right Right. They'll
0: have to be more transparent about that, at least in private, if they're going to be talking directly to major brands, advertisers and um, agencies, because that's what those they're not going to get their business if they're going to be as opaque and not transparent as they have been in the past.
1: Got it. Well, John, thank you for your time. You can check out our full story on CNET.com. If you have any questions, ping me on Twitter at Roger W. Chang. And if you liked what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.